Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast by Worthy. I'm Jennifer Butler, and I'm your host. A breakup or divorce can be the perfect opportunity to reinvent yourself in many areas of your life. Oftentimes, this is a moment where we take stock of our lives and determine what changes we would like to make. There will be those of us who will reinvent our bodies, others who will completely change careers, and some that may deep dive into their own personal development. I think most who have journeyed through a breakup or a divorce would agree that they are definitely different from the person they were before. Our guest today can certainly attest to this. Carolyn Fox was an on-air broadcaster for 25 years, a financial advisor and health insurance broker, and now expertly guides her clients through all stages of buying, selling, and investing in real estate. Carolyn is an expert at helping families with complicated real estate transactions resulting from divorce as she understands the challenges and needs of these families from her own deeper perspective. Carolyn is here today to talk about her own story of reinvention. Thank you so much for being here, Carolyn, and taking time to share yourself and your insight with our worthy community. We would love for you to just start telling us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Okay. Well, I've had a sorted past. I I feel like I'm a cat with nine lives, Um, (laughs) a whole ton of stuff in a short period of time. Uh, I started out at 15 years old as a radio protege and uh, parlayed that into a career of about 25 years. And the kind of radio I did was primarily shock radio or talk radio, rock and roll radio. And I had great run of it till 2000. Changed careers, went the financial route, became a financial advisor uh, for uh, Prudential Securities. And I then uh, parlayed that opportunity into building my own health insurance brokerage company. I stopped or ended that company when Obamacare uh, became the rage because uh, the legislation had pretty much stolen my uh, target market. And Mm -hmm. I'm actually happy about that. And uh, now I'm uh, in the crazy world of real estate here in Manhattan. I help people uh, in Manhattan find uh, homes to purchase, sell, and to rent. And my target market uh, tends to be uh, people who are transitioning from a marriage to a divorce or already have or contemplating it. So I work with a lot of people in transition. And one of the reasons people hire me to do what I do is because I'm empathetic I've been through uh, marriage, divorce a couple of times, again, unfortunately, and uh, I I understand uh, the laws and the emotional impact of this change in life. I also have another quality where I never leave a penny on the table. Mm. What I love so much about you is you make everything a possibility. Like, I think sometimes we get very limited in what we think is possible for us in our path. And if we're going in one direction, we sometimes get afraid that we can't veer off of that direction. And you really just have this natural way of following the doors that open for you and then making something out of that and creating whatever it is you need to create in that moment. It's very inspiring. Thank you. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and that's a lot of why we wanted you to come on and talk to our listeners, because our listeners are going through transitions. And I think that sometimes when you're in those transitions, you can get afraid and forget that there is possibility that anything is possible. And so you're a great example of that. And that's why we wanted you here. Well, I can tell you that I really understand fear. As I've grown older, I've been able to take what we call fear and place it in a chair next to me. In most of these instances, I felt like I had no choice but to reinvent and uh, come up with plan B. And a lot of it had to do with, well, the first example of how I was forced to make a choice was the kind of radio I was doing was pretty racy. And I was going through a divorce and I was divorcing a very powerful man. And uh, he threatened my ability to take care of my kids or Mm. contested uh, custody of the kids because of this racy radio show. And his uh, argument was, well, anybody who can talk like that on the radio would have to be an unfit mother. And he completely knew that wasn't the case because he watched me mother for 10 years when we were together. So that was the biggest pivot of my life, going from the entertainment world to the financial world. And I, I felt in some instances Yeah, I I was afraid, but I also reminded myself, I built my brand, I built my company, I built my success on nothing. And at least my grandmother had taught me about investing. So it was something that I was sort of used to. It was kind of like in my blood already. Mm -hmm. So it didn't feel like such a huge leap. And what happened with that position was that the company ended up closing the particular office I was in for impropriety. So again, it wasn't so much that I wanted to switch, but I was making good out of a bad situation. Yeah. And so again, I see myself taking fear like a child, if you will, and placing it in the chair next to me and saying to that fear, saying to that child, Hey, look, we're going to be fine. Don't you worry. Mom's in charge. Hmm. I love that perspective. Where do you think you got that from? You know, that ability to kind of put fear in its place. I think some of that has to do with my survival instincts. You know, a lot of people have grown up in messed up kind of childhood homes And I figured out how to survive at a very young age. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you've really been kind of taking whatever life gives you from a very young age and really finding the opportunity and making the best of what you've got. Correct. I mean, in some ways, Jen, it's like you have no choice. Yeah. You're on this earth for X number of years. And life goes at such a vigorous pace. If you decide to not participate, nobody cares. I hate to say it. Even when we pass, even when we, you know, as humans move, you know, from here to wherever, eternity, let's call it. Mm -hmm. The speed of life is so fast that, yes, people miss you. 
but life goes on. Mm. So I think that when you're in a situation where you have no choice, what are you going to do? Sit like a bump on a log? Yeah. And I think sometimes the answer to that is yes for some people because that fear is so debilitating. And what I love about what you said is like you have a choice. It's your choice to participate in life because nobody is going to do it for you or really care if you don't at the end of the day. Correct. Yeah. Very powerful. So your reinvention over and over really um, in many ways. And you talk about Marie condoing your life, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I love. And you did it in so many different ways, you know, downsizing, selling things, you know, all of that. I would love for you to just kind of share your experience around Marie condoing your life. Okay. Well, much of it started uh, when I moved from the Boston area to Manhattan. Uh, I was living in a very large home. I had accumulated a lot of stuff, furniture, uh, clothing, artwork, uh, tchotchkes. And when you move to New York City, your dollar doesn't go as far. So let's say you're living in a $2 million home. Uh, that's 8,000 square feet in the Boston area. Uh, That $2 million buys you a two-bedroom apartment here in New York City. So in anticipation of the move, I I had a a bloodletting of possessions. And a, a good visual is I had French windows in my bedroom and big garage doors, and I pulled a huge dumpster up into the driveway. And on the first floor, I walked through the garage to dump things away from the bedroom window. Oh, man, they went flying too. (laughs) What I've learned over the years is stuff is only stuff. And I I wanted to be uh, less uh, enamored by purchasing uh, new items, especially when you live in a small place, clutter can take over your life. Mm -hmm. And when you're a woman like me, you're living a very focused life and a determined life. You can get overwhelmed by stuff quickly. It encumbers you. Uh, or can encumber you. And in my case, uh, having a small place here in New York City, I'm very grateful to be able to have a, a, a you know a, an apartment here. But when I walk in the door, I want that sense of peace. And the sense of peace for me is everything in its place. And because I don't have a big place, I don't have many things. And I just find it very soothing to my soul uh, to have everything just look beautiful. Yeah. And I wonder, and I don't even know if you consciously did this, You maybe you did, but I would imagine that creating that sort of feeling and that space during reinvention is one very important source of support for you as you're transitioning and reinventing yourself. It's like cleansing the soul. Yeah. 
And, you know, when I moved to New York City from Boston, I had had it with relationships. I had had it with always needing a boyfriend or a husband. I was tired of not being able to stand on my own two feet and be happy. I always, when I was living in Boston, uh, I felt afraid of being truly on my own. Mm. Uh, It wasn't really until I bottomed out in a relationship in Boston where things could get no worse for me personally. Everything else was meaningless until I could get myself centered and enjoy my time as a single human. That, that like eat, pray, love moment, right? That so many of us have. Yeah. Well, I had it uh, back in 2009 and um, I never want to go back to that place ever again. Yeah. It's amazing that moment, right? Like, because it's so awful. It's, it's so awful, but it is really the turning point, right? And so, you know, you look back on it and there is a sense of gratitude because it transformed your life, right? I'll tell you a a little, a short little story. Uh, You know, I was so down and out and I called my parents and my father, a man of very few words, said, Carolyn, and I thought this was really mean at the time. (laughs) He said, Carolyn, if you don't like where you are now, then fix it and don't do it again. And I was like, oh, dad, thanks for the empathy. Thanks for the st- Thanks a lot. Right. At the end of the day, he was right. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, it's so empowering because, you know, our listeners, so many of us are in that moment, you know, right. have experienced that moment, are in it right now. And uh, your father, who's a man of few words, those are very wise words. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess so. It was highly motivating. And that was the impetus of me um, moving to New York City. I needed to have a fresh start. Yeah. Uh, I had always dreamed of living here. My mother's side of the family is from Manhattan. So it wasn't like I was coming here alone per se, though I was. And I built a great life for myself here. And I would never go back again. I keep saying that. I'm, I'm blessed. And I've done a lot of praying. and a lot of just blocking out noise, uh, noise from people who say mean things, negativity. I just, I, I check in with myself a lot. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I want to touch on one thing in reference to you, Marie Kondoing your life, the sentimental stuff, because I, I want to touch on this piece, because coming from a marriage, I think a lot of People have a really hard time letting go of the sentimental things that really, if you keep them, end up holding so much emotional weight that it can block, you know, your sort of entrance into the future. So what was your experience with that, with with letting go of all the things that held memories and, and emotion for you? Well, to be specific, I kept a lot of the pictures, not necessarily of my ex-husband, I got rid of a lot of the furniture, the artwork, because that was yesterday. And some of the jewelry 
that my ex-husband had purchased for me ceased to become sentimental. Mm. It took on a new life. It took on that, oh my God, these are memories I don't want to hold on to. And so I sold a lot of jewelry through uh, worthy.com. I had diamonds from and, and gold from so many uh, wanting boyfriends and husbands and ex-lovers that wasn't giving me joy anymore. In fact, it was taking me to places, dark places of the past. Mm. And why I was so grateful to find Worthy was because the way they took my jewelry and the sentimentality that went with the jewelry and the emotions that went uh, with the jewelry, they were, first of all, empathetic, kind, understanding and they treated each piece as something precious Mm. it was really quite something that's beautiful not that they were my little babies but i i i also knew their time had come and i loved this whole live auction opportunity that i had to see who was bidding on my jewelry it was live there was transparency and I had the power to pick who I wanted to sell it to. And for the record, I haven't missed any of it. And I actually made quite a bit of money that I then used to support myself because building a business from scratch takes a lot of money. Yeah. And I mean, what you said, I mean, that was yesterday. It wasn't bringing you joy anymore. And then you found a company that allowed you to transition it out of your life in a way that was still caring and then helped you support your future. I mean, it's really profound. It is. It's great. And, you know, I see a lot of companies buying people's old jewelry and you just send all of it to them in a box. and there's no human to human contact mm. really. Yeah. And you just don't know where it's going to end up. And I, I don't know. I, I, I just like the fact that this is what worthy does. Worthy helps women sell their diamonds, sell their jewelry that has no meaning to them anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in a way that really is supportive and propels them into their future. I love, that's the part that I love. So I'm going to take a really quick break here. And then when I get back, let's chat about reinventing your life in the world of love and dating. Awesome. When I decided to sell my jewelry after my divorce, the most important thing to me was finding a company that I could trust and one that would also advocate for me. I found this and so much more at Worthy. Their expert staff immediately put me at ease and helped me to get the best price possible for my jewelry. Your engagement ring can be a symbol of your freedom, your journey, and the choices you have made to live your life on your terms and create the future you desire. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. We're back talking with Carolyn Fox, and we're going to jump into how you reinvented your life in the world of love and dating. Um, 
I purposefully <laughs> and purposely I came to New York City without a boyfriend, without any love interest, because I needed to stand on my own two feet and I needed to know what it was like to have a joyous life without fretting over a man or relying on a man. So for many years, I built my friend network. And in New York City, that's very easy to do, but especially if you live in an apartment building because you end up seeing the same people all the time. And New York City is filled with a lot of fun, interesting, unique, type A kind of people. Yep. <laughs> uh, there's never a shortage of a character here in New York City. And when I felt I was on my two feet and I was stable, yeah, okay, it would be nice to have some body to do things with on a regular basis, you know, go to the theater, go to a movie, go to a park, things like that. So I started on the, uh, the online websites and I, I have to say it's not a quick fix. It's intense work and it doesn't come quickly. It's for me, not very efficient way of meeting people. I like, you know, meeting people at parties and, you know, references and referrals from friends and stuff, but there's less of that going on and more of this online stuff, but you have to become an expert at pulling out the weeds and figuring out what's quality, what's not quality, what would work, what wouldn't work. So I think the most important lessons I learned in this process is patience knowing exactly what you want and adhering to what you want and not making excuses, mm. uh, having strict boundaries and only surrounding yourself with people that are kind, loving, and um, would add positivity to your well-being. I wouldn't date somebody who's going to be a brat. It's just like the jewelry. It's just like the clothes. It's just... Yeah, I'm not. I'm light and lively now. And if you're not going to add to my life, and then I'm not going to add to yours, why bother going forward? I love that you're highlighting that point because when we get into relationships, I think sometimes we forget that that the the other person is supposed to add to us, help us become more. You know, in each other's presence, the coming together almost propels this energy that brings more and more of each other out. And I think we forget that sometimes and start to lose ourselves or deplete ourselves or like you said, get dragged down. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've worked so hard on myself up until this point to be a great partner and to live a great life. So I feel like I'm living a great life. I only want to be around people that are going to be part of that great life. I, there is no way in hell I'm going backwards. Yeah. It was too painful to get here. So I'm not going to go backwards. If anything, it's going to get better and better and better. I love that. Absolutely. And again, it's, it's not an overnight thing. You know, there are moments where you get hurt by some dude who, who rejects you. You know, that happens. I have a way of dating that comes in threes. So I'm 
often dating uh, three people at once. Uh, not many more because it gets too confusing. I don't have sex with any of them in the beginning, but there's always one person that I like a whole lot and may not be available all the time. There may be the person in second place who's very, very nice, but you don't immediately see how there would be a future. Mm -hmm. And then there's your guy friends, you know, that you're just buddies with. Yeah. And that way you always have somebody to go out with if in fact you always want to go out with a guy, but I, you know, I have friends too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's a, that's something that really worked for me. You know, I like that system because I think sometimes, you know, and, and, and this is a generalization, but sometimes women will, uh, you know, will get attached a little bit quickly if there's only one person. And I think when you're open to dating multiple people at once, you don't put so much stock in that one person and, and give it time to pace yourself and exactly. see if it's going to work out for real. You know, that's so true. Jen, that is so true. Pacing is very, very important. One of the reasons it takes so long is because you don't see mean and crazy right out of the box all the time. Right, exactly. As I'm older, if it's too good to be true, it's it's too good to be true. I, I know that from the bottom of my soul here. And it takes time to vet a person. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that's just a very important point to get across is that when you're dating, you are vetting somebody you, you know, right. it's, it's not just about the feeling or the spark or the attraction, you really need to sit back and assess the person, the human being in front of you at a deeper level. In totality. Yeah. I mean, let's put it this way. Okay. So Jen, at my stage in life, I would never go out with a guy who I couldn't make love to or get naked with. I mean, I, that's the first thing when I see them the very first time, if I can't imagine making out with that guy, that's a friend. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't depart from that rule. If there's a guy that I like, but's playing games, I walk away. I am not a game player. I do plenty of uh, negotiating and uh, make chess moves in my work. I don't need to <laughs> do that in my love life. Yeah. And I did find a guy eventually. Uh, he was number two on the list. He wasn't number one. But that took, I, Jennifer, I got to tell you, it took me six years. Wow. So it's a, a long process, but it can lead to something great. Well, I love this. I love the way you've reinvented yourself in so many different areas of your life and, and so many different times, you know, like I said, this is an inspiration for anyone who's listening. There's no closed doors, right? Like sometimes the rug gets swept out from under us and it's just an opportunity to pivot. Right. And change is scary. And again, the fear should be less than what you're going through now. Yeah. Uh, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. And if I can be a, a, a motivating source to any of your fans, they can reach out um, uh, via email. Uh, 
carolyn.fox at corcoran.com. And if anybody uh, is looking for a place to live uh, in the New York City, Manhattan area, and uh, just want some advice or walk around the neighborhoods and see what's available, I'm up for that too. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time and your wisdom and your story and your authenticity. I am grateful for you. Thank you very much and have an awesome day. Make sure you subscribe so you can catch every new episode of Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle in your weekly feed. If you like what you hear, rate and review us to help other women like you find us. This podcast is for you, so email us at podcastworthy.com with any questions or ideas that you may have. We look forward to hearing from you.